0: what is up welcome to pro wrestling nation i of course am your host my name is funky sam medina and i'm super excited you guys i'm here today with pro wrestler with top guy griffin mccoy what's up griffin how you doing man
1: what's up sam thanks for having me i'm excited to be on this man i really appreciate it
0: hell yeah dude you're very welcome thank you for uh, thanks for being here hey griffin Let's right off the bat let's talk about it you have the possibly the biggest match your career coming up on December 18th, CZW Live, you were taking on Kenta, uh, formerly Hideo Itami of WWE. Uh, I guess tell us about that match a little bit and how it
1: came to be. Uh, so this all happened super last minute. Um, I would say not even a month ago. Uh, the CZW head honchos asked me, would I be interested in a match with Kenta? And I said, um, yeah, totally. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I said, hey, you know, like he has December 18th open. We'll see what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, in professional wrestling, you know, you're going to hear a lot of things that might happen. So I never really try to get my hopes up. I never try to get too high or too low in general. But, um, you know, it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago that I was told like, hey, we got him locked in. So, you know, it was all very super last minute and um but that's how pro wrestling is you know it's a lot of the time is it's rarely uh having a lot of opportunity to really prepare you know you kind of just have to be prepared in general you know you never know when you're gonna get the call to either you know have a big opportunity like wrestling for a big company or you get a big match you know what i've learned in my past five years of being a wrestler is that you have to stay ready it's not about getting ready you just have to stay ready and i definitely feel like i have been ready for kenta
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, they say, like, always have your gear ready because you never know, you know. So, yeah, absolutely, always stay ready. I do agree with that. Uh, What does this match with Kenta mean to you as a wrestler?
1: Man, it means – I wouldn't say it means everything, but it means a lot. Um, Kenta is a guy that I have watched since I was 13 years old. Uh, You know, I got into wrestling when I was about 10, but that was, like, WWE – And when I started getting into my teenage years, I started to watch a little more independent wrestling. And then I got into, you know, Japanese wrestling and Japanese wrestling, you know, New Japan, All Japan, Noah, Dragon Gate, you know, like I started getting into all those things. And the number one guy that I got into the most was Kenta. Uh, I have a background in, in like some kickboxing. I did karate as a kid, but, you know, seeing him, And obviously his style, uh, it connected the most for me. Out of everyone, you know, I've always been into martial arts and MMA and stuff like that. But even as a kid, like, you know, I love superheroes, I love karate movies, I used to watch Jackie Chan movies all the time. And so I've always been really into that whole kind of vibe and tend to immediately fit everything that I wanted from my interests. Uh, from, like, you know, coming from a martial arts standpoint to pro wrestling. And he just blended that together so well. And even now, it's like very obvious that my style is heavily influenced by Kenta. You know, not, I don't totally rip off his whole thing, but I am very influenced by him. Seeing him and what he was able to do let me know that, hey, anything that I want to do with my style, how I want to be in the ring, I can do that. So while. This pro- this means a lot to a 14-year-old Griffin McCoy. I will say this too. I refuse to be intimidated by Kenta. I refuse to be starstruck by Kenta because you know I've had to wrestle some of my heroes in the past and I'm going to have to make a career out of it. So when Kenta shows up on December 18th, while he is a hero of mine, while he is an inspiration, while this is an honor, I'm going to have to beat his ass. And I'm gonna take that respect.
0: Hell yeah, hell yeah, you are. Um, how do you prepare? Uh, you know for a match like this? Because, like you said, you're heavily influenced by his style. So maybe you guys are you know similar style. Um, so how do you prepare for something like this?
1: Uh, my preparation, you know, um, over the past year, I've really taken a deep dive into my training style and my training regiment. Um, you know, I work out. Every single day that I'm not wrestling, even on the days that I am wrestling, maybe I won't get in a cardio day, but I'll definitely hit the gym. But uh, my training style, um, I run around, you know, like two to five miles a week. Uh, I'll usually do a day of running and then I'll do the next day. I'll probably do my circuit training. So I do around like four to five rounds of intense circuit training. You know, I have like, I have medicine balls. I have like dumbbells, kettlebells. I have a, you know, like a punching bag dummy out back. His name is Bob. He doesn't have any <laughs> arms, but he's got a head. He's my number 1 training partner and my number 1 nemesis. So Your
0: biggest rival, Bob.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know what for as tough as the match with Kenta might be, I know that my toughest opponent is Bob. <laughs> you know, because I I've hit people before, I've been hit. It doesn't matter, but when I train with Bob, I can hit him as much as I want, as hard as I want, for as long as I want, and he'll never be shaken. He'll never go down. No with Kenta, I know. Hey, I got I get him enough times to where that dude was definitely gonna feel it. Maybe the first few, he might be able to shrug off, but after a certain amount of time, I know he's gonna feel it because he's human. So, but yeah. So my train style, you know, it's very intense. I lift pretty much every day. I couple that with my cardio training. And obviously I go to wrestling training uh, you know, probably around once a week, but sometimes I do twice a week depending on how my schedule is. Cause you know, I'm usually wrestling Friday, Saturday, Sunday as well. So, you know, it's a lot of training. My life is just all training, but that's what it really takes to become a, a legend in this business, to become great. You know, it really requires a lot of hard work, you know, and that's what you hear all the time from every professional sports athlete until you actually start having to do it and you're like, damn this really is a lifestyle. You know, this is no joke. This is what I do every single day. Every moment is dedicated to my training and to professional wrestling. And I love it.
0: That's awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So uh, December 18th, I love this. This is like coming full circle because, you know, he's one of your heroes. Uh, You're you're kind of, uh, he influenced your style. And now uh, on December 18th, CZW Live, uh, Kenta is going down. Uh, do you want to tell people where they can find this event? Where they can see it?
1: So, it's not going to be streamed live, unfortunately. Um, this will probably be streamed on CGW Studios. Uh, I think the, you know... You can either do a pay-per-view kind of thing where you can pay for the event itself. I think they should be ending up within a week to a week and a half after it's put on. But um, you can either pay for the event itself or... Or you can sign up for the subscription. It's gonna be real company man speech right here, you know, everyone's like, ah, oh, another subscription, another thing I gotta pay every month for. But I will say if you're a professional wrestling fan and you enjoy professional wrestling, because you're a professional wrestling fan, you know, especially independent wrestling, CW Studios has the entire catalog of every CZW event that has ever taken place in wow. the history of all time. You can see all of your favorite wrestlers who have yeah, pretty much John all of your Moxley favorite wrestling. Yeah, John Moxley, Brody AJ Lee. Styles, Brody Lee, you know, Claudio Castagnoli, MJF, Adam Cole, uh, Max Caster. That's a random one, but he's on there too. <laughs> you know, like he's doing big things I, I, now. Yeah, he's doing big things now. Samoa Joe. I can literally go through the majority, probably. the I would have to say around 80% of the AEW roster, another good half to more than half of the WWE roster, they have gone through CCW. So if you get CZW Studios, not only will you get the entire catalog, you'll get all the new shows, and you will get Griffin McCoy versus Kenta, which is what you really want to see. Hell yeah. You
0: know, CZW actually, now that you mention it, it is one of the the biggest like not like you know, not WWE type of, of play. It's like one of the biggest independent American companies and is one of the longest running because it's been around uh since the nineties, I think, right?
1: Yeah, I think um this year is twenty-three years. OBR wow, 23rd anniversary. Yeah, no, it's incredible. Like it, it really has been a staple of professional wrestling as a whole. Cause you know, you, you could relegate it to just the USA, but like the amount of international talent that has been through there. You know, like everyone who didn't get swept off of like a college sports team right into like the WWE, everyone has made a stop in CZW at some point. And I find about people all the time where it's like, wow, oh, this guy was in CZW too? Oh, that's crazy, you know? So, (laughs) you know, everyone, everyone, even if it's for a cup of coffee, everyone stops off at CZW. It really is. Well, everyone knows it as like, you know, Maybe you know it as, like, the the ultra-violent kind of place where death matches really got popularized in the United States. But to me, the real history of CCW is the fact that it has been that launching pad for the majority of wrestlers, at least if they're trying to make a name in, like, the United States, you know, coming from international or whatever. It is the launching pad where, you know, you get your reps in at CCW, you know, you get your look, and from there that elevates you to take on the rest of your career and the rest of the world. And that's what I feel like I'm doing right now. I'm really, you know, taking the world on, you know, match by match. I'm really building up my rep, especially within the past year, been able to wrestle some big names, have some big matches, and uh, you know, I can see my stock has been growing exponentially. And that is due to large part in CCW.
0: Well yeah, they should give you a coupon code Top Guy or something like that. That'd be super fun i'm <laughs>
1: just kidding you know i i think they do i'm not gonna lie so i think they actually do have promo codes uh i know I'm, I'm gonna well i'm trying to be the fucking company man right now i will say they definitely did give us uh promo codes it's either mine is either top guy or it's griff mccoy so mm-hmm. i think you get 20 percent off oh, if you snap. want to do that thanks for yeah oh snap thanks for reminding me so yeah.
0: that's awesome man that's awesome and so what about the people in the area that want to come see it in person where can they
1: find it so it will the it will be in Blackwood, New Jersey. That sounds like a random location right now, but if you're in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area or New Jersey, New York, it is no more than fifteen minutes over the Ben Franklin Bridge or the Walt Whitman Bridge in Philadelphia. It is right next to Center City. You know, it is not very far at all. Um, I can pull up the exact address right now. I think it's 110 Harmon or Harmon drive. Don't quote me. You would think I would know training there every day. Yeah. <laughs> 110 Harmon drive uh, unit number two Oh seven Blackwood, New Jersey. You know, we're going to have free beer. It's going to oh, be nice. packed. I should yes. We had.
0: That.
1: Yes. Yes. We had free beer at the last show. We had two kegs. People got rowdy. It was awesome. We have free beer again. You know, we have concessions. You know, it's a state-of-the-art. It's called Studio Z. We have big LED screen boards, lights, sparklers, you know, smoke. We got everything that you want.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yep, CZW, go check it out. December 18th, Griffin McQuaid versus Kenta. I'm super excited, man. I'm going to try to check that one out, definitely.
1: Yeah, and I think it will be put on. No, I don't think it will be. I know it will be that match at least will be put on our YouTube page. Uh, that's not gonna be take that's not gonna take more than like two weeks to put it on the YouTube page. So if you only care about Griffin McCoy versus Kendo, which I don't blame you for doing, <laughs> that will be on the YouTube page. However, we have the SAT on that show. The rep, oh, I, did, nice. I think, they're,
0: they're old school. Yes. Too.
1: Yes, yes. SAT will make their return to C Z W. They're gonna have an awesome match. I think they're Opponents will get announced tonight. You know, by the time this gets released, everyone will know. But um, Fred Yehai will be there. I'm pretty sure Rich Swan will be there. It's going to be not only will be a hell of a show, but I will think this will be a trademark show that will happen. While it's happening in 2022, I think this will really define 2023 for a lot of people. You know, I think this show will have a lot of instant classics. You know, a lot of shows might say they have bangers, but. I think what the show we're going to put on, at least for my match alone, it will be an instant classic.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Hey, so you, you said this match is defined 2023, and I kind of feel like that's probably true, especially with somebody like you, because you are so young in professional wrestling. You're only 23 years old. Um, let's, let's get into your life a little bit. How did wrestling come onto your radar? How did you fall in love with wrestling in the first place?
1: So the first time that I ever saw professional wrestling, was in a very well-known movie. I think it's on the AFI's top 100 movies of all time. A little thing called Nacho Libre, starring Jack Black. Nice, <laughs> an American staple in cinema. Yeah, uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, I was like six, seven years old. I first saw Nacho Libre. Uh, I still have the movie on DVD somewhere. Uh, I don't even know if I even have a DVD player anymore. But that was the first time I ever saw professional wrestling. Um, And, you know, I grew up in San Francisco. I grew up in the Bay Area. So, obviously, you know, that movie had a lot of, like, Lucha Libre. You know, it was obviously based in Mexico. So, Lucha Libre was, you know, kind of that kind of style. And then being from the Bay Area, from California, you know, like, you would always see people, like, selling, like, you know, Lucha masks or something. Or no, yeah. all Lucha, the, like, you know.
0: Lucha Libre is very popular uh in the in the bay area absolutely
1: oh big time and especially a bunch of kids too like there was always a kid or two who had like a ray mysterio backpack as a yeah. kid so once i saw nacho libre like all the other kind of lucha libre lucha libre influence started to pop up where i'm like oh that's like a mask that was in like nacho libre like oh that kid's got like a like a wrestling backpack on that's cool but um and but you know like as a kid growing up on the on the west coast you know Monday Night Raw is at 5 p.m., not 8 p.m. like it is on the East Coast, unless you, like, recorded it. But as a kid, you know, like, I didn't really have that access to to the cable or, like, you know, I didn't get the remote that often. So I never really got to watch it as much as a young child. But when I moved to Philadelphia when I was 10, you know, I started to figure out the channels. And one day I was just flipping through channels and I saw Monday Night Raw, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is the same stuff that was in Nacho Libre." So I started watching a little bit more Raw. I figured <laughs> yeah. out what it was on. You know, if I couldn't catch it, like stay up late enough at night, I would yeah. record it, and then the next day I would come home after school and I would watch all Monday Night Raw. And then, interestingly enough, too, uh, on Netflix, uh, you know, they had like a WWE section, so they had like some documentaries. They had like like a street fight you know like compilation like uh like dvd i guess so i started watching a bunch of netflix they had like best of like smackdown 2009 best of like raw 2009 so i started watching those there was like a dx documentary there was like an edge documentary cm punk's documentary so while i started watching it on monday night raw then i started going to netflix and then like you know all that started popping up in my feed And just from there, being able to dive into that stuff really is what really got me interested in professional wrestling, what made me like a real fan, was being able to go and like watch all those like Netflix things that they had. And I got like really invested into like Triple H, CM Punk, Edge was really big for me early on. So that's where my initial love of professional wrestling really came from.
0: That's really cool too, because uh, 2009, 2010, that was like a really fun time in wrestling. Cause that's when, like, CM Punk kind of broke the wall down for the indie guys, and they started coming in. You know, a couple of years later, we get the rise of Brian Daniel Bryan. I, yes. I would say Brian yes. now because I'm used to it. But <laughs> that's a really fun time. That's kind of the time frame where I started the, doing the podcast, which is 2013. Um, so that's a really fun time to be a wrestling fan and just being a kid. I bet it was just you know CM Punk was just larger than life, and and all these other yes. guys, Triple H, and that that's pretty amazing. Uh, At what point did you, like, think you wanted to do something like this?
1: Uh, One, as soon as I saw it, I knew in my mind, like, oh, man, I got to figure out how to maybe not to become a professional wrestler for my career, but I got to figure out, like, oh, man, how can I, like, at least get in the ring one time? So I think that initially was always there. But it wasn't until I started, you know, getting in middle school, early high school, where I was like, oh, man, like, maybe this becomes an actual possibility, you know, like, the more I started finding out about it, indie wrestling, especially, was, yeah, like, right. I was all like, I know
0: about is the WWF or WWE? And so, yeah, it's like, what else is there? Right? How do I go from that's the same thing kind of for me with stand up comedy, because I really wanted to do stand up comedy. But all I saw was TV and it's like, how do you go from on the couch? to on TV, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's like that that bridge where you're kind of like figuring out like, oh man, like does it how does this even happen? But then like finding like indie wrestling like, you know, I started watching like PWG on like YouTube cuz they had like all the highlights and I started like finding those. Then I found Ring of Honor and then I found CCW. I'm like, you know, by that time I was already living in Philadelphia, so I'm like, oh wow, this is like kind of local like I could like go to shows and stuff like that. And it was, like, I think I was around, like, 14, 15 when I went to my first ever indie show, which was DZW's, like, 16th anniversary.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: then, yep, yep, I saw the Young Bucks were there. I, I kind of, I went solely for the Young Bucks. Me and my friends, we went solely for the Young Bucks. They were in Bull Club at the time. And they were, like, popping off. So it was, like, the Young Bucks, we got to see them. I saw, like, Chuck Taylor, you know, there. I saw, like, uh, John Silver and stuff like that. Like, you know, I saw... A lot of the guys who were on that show are killing it on TV right now. But, yeah, um, yeah, so a, like a, that's a
0: good time in independent wrestling. All those, people, oh, yeah, yeah, they're all killing it on TV. It's crazy,
1: it is. And, uh, so like it was really around that time where I started being like, oh, wow, like you know, th- it is possible to wrestle without having to be on TV. And from what also gave me a, a big boost was I watched Triple H's documentary, uh, Thy Kingdom Come. I think it came out right around that time. Okay. And I don't know, just like seeing his background of like, you know, he was just like a kid from like a house who like hung out. It wasn't like this crazy story that, um, you know, like some other people that I didn't really like relate to or connect with as much. But I feel like me and Triple H had like the most similar background of like what I saw. And I'm like, you know what? If this guy did it, I have to find out a way to do this too and so it was really like sophomore year where I was like you know what like I'm going to be a professional wrestler one day I don't know how it's going to happen but I'm <laughs> going to be a professional wrestler one day
0: wow and then how did you uh where did you go from there so did you pursue a school uh, out of high school or were you still in high school like where did you go from there
1: so I would, I started training, uh, senior year of high school a month after I turned 18. Um, so my, my boys, my best friends, uh, the other guys in this group, young, Dumb, and broke that I'm part of, uh, Jordan Oliver, uh, Charlie Tiger, Ellis Taylor. Those have been like my friends. Ellis Taylor and Charlie Tiger I've known since I was like 11 years old.
0: Oh, wow. And,
1: yep, yep, we're we're all neighbors, you know. Uh, I, I moved, like, a few blocks over, but Ellis Taylor, he lived, like, four houses up from me. Charlie Tiger, he still lives, like, three minutes from my house. But, like, uh, and Jordan, we met him through Backyard Wrestling. But, you know, I was, like, 15 at the time. So I've known these dudes forever. But Jordan, he was already wrestling for a couple years before – You know, he was already wrestling a little bit and, um, Charlie and Ellis started going with him to CZW to train in Jersey. And, uh, they started like that summer going into like senior year and, you know, I was kind of doing my thing. I was like, you know, I was just in school and they pulled me aside one day and they were like, Hey, like, we're all wrestling. What's your excuse? Oh, wow. And I'm like, "Yep, no, no, no. They, they like, they didn't sugarcoat it at all. No, they said it was hey. like an they, intervention.
0: They said, it was like an intervention yeah. to pursue your dreams.
1: Yeah, it, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, it really was an intervention. They picked me up one day. They brought me to to Ellis's house. Like, you know, we always hung out in the basement. And like, they all sat in a circle around me. <laughs> and I'm like, like, what the hell is going on? And they were like, like, yo, dude, like, you know." we're all training. We go like, you know, once, a couple times a week. Um, like, you know, it's not like, like we're driving ourselves. We have licenses. So there's no excuse for you not to come. And I said, damn, you're right. <laughs> and so I think the next week I hopped in the car with them. I pulled up to CZW. I had my meeting uh, with DJ Hyde and I did a, a tryout that day. It was like one of the worst experiences of my life, <laughs> you know, like I've always, I've always done sports. I did amateur wrestling in high school. It's so like, I was like, you know, I've been put through some very intense workouts in my life, but doing that tryout of like, like 500 squats and like 500 push ups and like bear crawls and wall sits. And it's not like I haven't done any of those things before but it was just like the sheer volume of doing all that stuff was like insane to me. Like I, I couldn't, now I can pop up 500 squats, no problem. But like at that time it was like, I, I couldn't even fathom being able to even to do anything like that. So, you know, I made it through uh, clearly and I, oh my God, like going to school the next day, For the next like week and a half, like my legs have never been that sore in my entire life ever since then. Yeah, that was like really a traumatic experience. Like, oh wow, I really need to start like conditioning my legs. Cause like I was walking up and down the stairs. So I went to like a, you know, like a, like a college prep high school and you know, it was kind of like a bigger school and just like walking up and down stairs. I was like literally clutching. To the handrail, and you know, like there's like there's like everyone's like passing me in between classes, and like you know there's a huge wave of people, and I'm like a singular person in the sea of this big rush, and I was like holding back tears from like how painful it was just to, like walk up and down stairs, and like I'll I'll never forget the excruciating pain of just like being like damn like is this gonna be the rest of my life, and you know hey here we are it is gonna be the rest of my life, and you know, I wouldn't change it for a for a thing.
0: Yeah, I mean it sounds like you're going to kind of learn to push your body a little bit more and then you just kind of kept kept, you know, kept that uh I don't know how to say it, that push progression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's awesome though, man. That's really cool. Uh you said that you were in backyard wrestling for a couple years. Um what was it like just the the culture shock, I guess, going from being like a backyard wrestler to trying to become a professional wrestler?
1: Um it was a uh... It was a big shock. I think at that time, I was because uh, you know, like we all, you know, me, Ellis, Charlie, Jordan, we all like backyard wrestled for a bit. And uh funny enough, uh, even before I started training to be a professional wrestler, I technically started professional wrestling a couple years before that. So oh, we yeah. were like, no. yeah, we. We were we were backyard wrestling, and like I said, Jordan was already like kind of wrestling before us. He was wrestling for a couple years before we started like officially getting going. But um, one time we were like sixteen. He was like, "Yo, I'm gonna go to Indiana to do um, IWA Mid Souths tryout." And you know, I don't know how many people are very familiar. I mean, like, yeah, you know, they're not really around too much anymore. But IWA Mid South, you know, they have yeah, a long no, they're
0: they're a pretty big name. In their
1: day. They're a pretty big name. They're fading out a little bit because of controversy, understandably. But um, you know, Jordan was like, "Hey, like I'm gonna go. You guys want to come with me?" And I had been in a ring like maybe once or twice. I think you know a couple times before that. I was in a ring a couple times. You know, he showed us how to do a few things in the ring, like how to like roll and like you know bump and stuff like that. So we had like a very base idea of knowledge of how to like you know do professional wrestling but we end up going to this tryout show and oh my god it was one of the most stressful experiences of my life because i was terrified that <laughs> like they were gonna find out that like we weren't really trained and they were gonna like beat the shit out of us and like you know like oh yeah you know, that's was Yeah. Yeah. No, like, like I was, Oh my God. And so when we pulled up, like, you know, we got in. Okay. And like, you gotta gotta pay it again. And it was a scam, you know, like every year they held it, you know, if you want to try out, you paid like 20 bucks and I, you know, it was pretty much a cash grab. But, um, but even like, you know, we pulled up and like, we started like hanging out and then like a few other people got thrown out because, uh, Ian Rodden, the, the promoter, was like, uh, oh, you guys aren't trained. Like you got you all you can get your asses out of here. And so like a few oh, people you already. Saw got that thrown out. Yep, yep, it happened. And I was I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. They're gonna get us.
0: <laughs> You're gonna find but, out. Um,
1: <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna find out. But uh they didn't find out. I had I wrestled my boy Ellis. We had a fine match, you know, and uh and yeah it went off without a hitch. I mean not without a hitch. There's a little more to that story, but for myself nothing went bad there was a, a few other disaster, people basically <laughs> no no because you know even like at that show too there was like a, you know a bunch of people did tryouts and you know the majority of them were just terrible wrestlers and so like the crowd like for most of the matches were going like like you guys suck or like like please go home or like don't come back and when i had my match i didn't get any of that kind of stuff so you know i it was a win in my book yeah. but so yeah, so I had like a, you know, I did that and then I did like a couple other like random shows, you know, before I started training. Like I did, you know, like a show in North Carolina and I did like another random show. So like going into training, I'm like, oh, like, you know, I've wrestled a couple of times. Like I think I can do it. And like from there on, like consistently training, I was like, oh, wow, I know absolutely nothing about professional wrestling. This is. Way different than anything I have done in the past. So it, well, I, well, I thought I was hot shit going into my first kind of couple times training. I like very quickly realized that I am a very small fish in an enormous sea, and that humbled me very quickly. But you know, it was nice. I was able to you know kind of pick up on everything a little bit quickly compared to most. But um, but yeah, definitely a huge. Slice of humble pie going from backyarding to full-time professional wrestling
0: yeah absolutely i bet i bet it's a huge difference you know um and then like you mentioned a lot of professional wrestlers don't really like backyard wrestlers so i could see why you were scared uh in that one situation about getting found out and kicked out of the place i mean oh terrified point, yeah because at that point you may not come back you know because you're so like uh just, just the situation's so terrible
1: yeah and like especially that time too like um Maybe it was just the fact that, like, you know, I like I was Backyard Wrestling at the time. But, like, you know, you hear interviews would be, like, professional wrestling be, like, oh, Backyard Wrestling, like, that's corny or, like, that's lame. Like, that's an insult to wrestling. But, you know, now being a pro wrestler and, like, it's, like, the majority of wrestlers Backyard Wrestle at one point.
0: Yeah. Like, maybe. I think so, too. Like,
1: yeah. And, like, because I think there's that distinction, too, where it's, like, um, Maybe by backyard wrestling, where, you know, I I don't know how popular backyard wrestling is now, but like, you know, in the two thousands stuff like that, you know, people were doing like death matches in their backyard or like holding backyard mm-hmm. wrestling shows and like yeah. doing stuff like I that. Remember the,
0: those DVDs that came out, backyard wrestling.
1: Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. So I think I think like that's the kind of stuff that like the uh, professional wrestlers are kinda of like referring to.
0: I agree. Like, yeah, a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's there's people out there who give everybody kind of a bad name, you know. And there's a lot of people who go in there untrained, don't know anything, and it, and it's dangerous. But there's a lot of people who go out there, and it's not dangerous.
1: Yeah. So I think like that was kind of the thing where like people were upset. And I don't think what I was, me and my friends were doing, were like the thing that would have gotten us in trouble. Because you know, like everyone has like messed around with their friends on like a trampoline or on a mattress and like done wrestling moves like that is like, you know, it is like, it is not that deep, you know, like, like how every kid like goes outside and like plays basketball in their backyard. It's it's, like a similar concept. You're going to, you're going to imitate the stuff that like you like to do. So, so yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal, but. That'd be
0: funny actually to see somebody get kicked out of like an NBA try. I'd be like, Hey, yo, he's a street baller. Get him out of
1: here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, they did the, uh, they did like an, uh, and one documentary <laughs> that, like, recently released, and I think, like, there's some stuff like that about it, but...
0: Oh, wow, I gotta check that out. Yeah, That's cool. yeah. That's cool. That's cool, man. Hell yeah. Hey, so, uh, so you, you train and stuff, and, uh, what's it like, you know, uh getting your first match and getting into the ring for the first time, like, in front of a crowd?
1: Uh, so my first official match was against DJ Hyde. Okay, nice. And, oh, at that time, it was not <laughs> at, that, at that time. So I was like, maybe like, I was probably like four months in to training, maybe, maybe like four to five months in training, four to five months in. Um, I did, I was able to pick on stuff, pick up on things a lot quicker than most. I will say that. Um. But, learning that I was going to wrestle DJ Hyde in, in my first match, I was absolutely terrified because, you know, I was a fan of CCW. Like, I was like going to shows before I started training, you know, I was going for like a few years before that. And so like, I knew of DJ Hyde, the wrestler. And I like, I've seen him, yeah. you know, like obliterate people with the lariat, like chop them to death, you know, obviously the deathmatch stuff, like headbutting cinder blocks, you know, like, <laughs> like DJ Hyde. So, I thought I was gonna get the absolute crap beat out of me. I had school that day because we did. You know, I debuted on like Dojo Wars, like the Dojo Wars system, and it was like on a random Wednesday. And I will never forget, like sweating bullets, like in like you know history class, like it was like my last class of the day, and I was like terrified. I'm like, yo, please. Usually, I could not wait to get out of school or class. But in that last class <laughs> of the day, I'm like, yo, like this can take the longest it can ever take possible. Like, I do not want that bell to ring. I do not want to have to go to wrestling tonight. And, uh, yeah, and I, I ended up getting the shit kicked out of me too. So, you know, but I will say this while I got the shit kicked out of me, you know, having that be my first experience made having like those big match situations or like having to wrestle someone who's like, you know, a little bit more experienced than you are, or has more of a, you know, reputation than you do. It made that idea a lot less intimidating because, you know, especially like, you know, starting, you know, starts you know, start wrestling like 18 and, wow. you know, like I got to be part of young gun and broke with me and my boys and, you know, like, Once Young Dunlap Broke debuted, I don't, I was not even a year into wrestling and we got like a big spotlight on us at that time. And as soon as we got that, like, you know, ended up wrestling like all the time and like wrestling like across the country. And like, we went international with like Canada a few times. And like, you know, those first like few years of my career while like being super new, like, it was a lot of experiences where like, Oh, you have to wrestle like people who are better than you and you have to like be put in these big match situations. And you know, like it kind of just got you at least got me used to the idea. Like, Oh yeah, this is just wrestling. You're going to have a bunch of stressful ass experiences where, you know, you're going to be biting off way more. You can chew and you're just gonna have to have to rock and roll with it. And, you know, it's got to the point where I am now. so I'm, I'm really grateful for having that first experience be so, stress inducing you know most people will probably have like a random you know match where maybe they wrestle like another like young person or someone maybe a trainer they're a little comfortable with and while dj Hyde is like you know he's a trainer and he was a trainer at the school but like you know it was much different you know it wasn't like i was going in there to have like a nice cute little fun (laughs) match like no like no like you're getting you are getting tested you are getting put through the ringer. You are getting broken in, you know, you are a, earning. It's
0: almost like your final.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it felt, I, man, I'm in, I'm, I'm in college right now. Um, My finals are nowhere near <laughs> as stress inducing as my debut was, you know, oh, like man. that was, that was one of the most stressful days of my life for sure. But, you know, you know they say, man, pressure makes diamonds. So, you know, it came out better for it for sure. Yeah. And and Tommy like, Hey, I can take a beating and I can still keep going. So.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, it's somebody that you kind of know, but it's also somebody that you're a little bit intimidated by. And so it's just, you had all this, all the feelings. It's, that's it's incredible. Uh, you mentioned oh, yeah. wrestling all over the country and in Canada when you were early on, was that through CCW or was that you just going to different promotions?
1: Um, so I guess eh, it wasn't really through CZW, but it was definitely from the exposure from CCW, like being able to wrestle on mm-hmm. CZW at that time. But, you know, especially in those young days, it was a lot of hustling, you know, it was a lot of hidden up places and hidden up promoters. And I will say this too, like, you know, you know, pretty much riding Jordan Oliver's coattails, like while we were a group and like, you know, we brought the group everywhere. But, um, you know, it was like. You know, we would hit up places or Jordan would be like, Hey, like, I think, you know, this company's interested in us going over there. Like, let's see what's up. You know, and like yeah. it was a lot of just, you know, long drives for possible opportunities. And, you know, we ended up getting, getting a good bit of opportunities once we like drove out to wherever we had to drive to, but it was a lot of hustling in those days. You know, it was a lot of like no guarantees. You know, it was just like getting in the car driving. 10 plus hours to middle of nowhere somewhere to, you know, possibly get an opportunity or go to a bigger promotion. That's a little farther out, but, you know, see if we can get a look and make some connections right there. So, you know, especially those young years, like really instilled the idea of like, Hey man, like, you know, while, you know, this is a business based on like talent and stuff like that, it really is a business based off of hard work and how much you're willing to hustle for your dreams.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. And it helps. Uh, it really helps for you to have somebody who's a little bit more experienced to kind of show you how to how to get you know connect with other companies and how to kind of put yourself out there and things like that. So that's super cool that you had him uh, along the way as well, Jordan Oliver.
1: Oh, yeah. Huge. Even to this day, Jordan remains one of, like, you know, my main people that, like, I look to for guidance, you know, because, like, right now he's killing it. He is going. He's he's yeah. literally going all yes. around the world, <laughs> wrestling and doing all the things that I want to do. And I know I'm not super far behind him. You know, yeah, that's incredible. But, but having like you know being able to be right by his side as he's like risen to where he is now, and he as he continues to rise. But he has like served as a really big template for like, all right, like you know, I have seen the situations he's been in seeing how he's handled them and leverage those to, you know, make his success or how he's had to deal with like tough situations and how they've turned out for him. And, you know, like not being, you know, while we're, we're in, like the same age range, you know, while he has those couple of years on me in professional wrestling experience, you know, like I can use him and those examples to really like navigate my career as it's starting to go on a little bit of an upturn right now, which has been very helpful.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh you mentioned that you have had uh you've stepped in the ring with a few of your heroes before, besides Kenta, of course. Uh who are some of the people that you've stood across the ring from?
1: Um, so this past year have been like the kind of like the really big matches. So like I wrestled um Rich Swan this past year. Nice. I wrestled JD Drake. I wrestled I wrestled JD Drake two times. I wrestled Fred Yehai a couple times this year um those have been really big matches i wrestled my mentor jimmy rave before he passed
0: oh wow Um, that's awesome that you're yeah wrestling yes
1: yes yes i got to wrestle him which was a very big match to me very important one of my best matches of all time for sure hey uh, um sorry um you mentioned that he
0: is uh your mentor uh i guess talk about jimmy rave for a second what does he mean to you
1: um man he is one of like the only guys that has like ever taken me like under their wing, you know? Like, well, I've had trainers and stuff like that. Like, there's there's something different from like a trainer and then like a mentor, you know? Um, especially like in my early career, like, you know, I was part of Young and broke, and we were able to go out and like do all that kind of stuff. Like, but Jimmy was like one of the only guys that like really like would pull us aside. And talk to us, and like we got to travel with him a bunch, and like drive the roads, and like he was like the first guy to really like give a damn about us uh, and, and me in general too. You know, like I feel like I've had, especially my young career, like first starting, like you know, the attention wasn't on me. You know, like I was more of a supporting role kind of guy. So especially in like those early years, like it was it was really tough to figure out like who I was aside from being a guy in Young Dumb and Broke, you know? And um, Jimmy, like, was kind of the first guy that, like, really gave me, like, like hey, like, here's advice specific to you. Like, he saw potential in me, specifically. Not just in the fact of, like, oh, just being, like, can really be something with like the potential in me. And that meant everything, and especially coming from a guy like him, you know, like super knowledgeable, has like done so much in the business, has wrestled like everyone that I've ever wanted to wrestle, you know, like has, has done it, has done a good bit of the things that most people want to do. Yeah. So being able to have a guy who's like so knowledgeable was like incredibly important. And especially like, you know, after his passing, um, like in the moment you know like like being around him like oh like this is the advice that he gives and like this is the things you hear and like yeah I, I listened to his advice and I follow the advice but now it's gotten to a point where like I've been able to internalize the things that he said you know compared to just like following it it's now like oh wow like when he was saying this like I, I really understand what he was saying you know like while I would do the things he said now it's at the point where like oh I understand why he said it and why to do the things and like why I should carry myself in a sort a certain kind of way or why I should conduct business the way that, you know, you're supposed to conduct business. Like that has really set in and sunk in after his passing. So, you know, and I I know forever, you know, for the rest of my life, like I will, like this advice he has given me, like it will, take on bigger and deeper meanings, you know, it's just, just a very knowledgeable guy. One of probably the most knowledgeable guy I've ever talked to in wrestling.
0: That's incredible. Like, like you're, you know, you're this kid that grew up in, in San Francisco and, and Philadelphia and, and you get into wrestling and Jimmy rave, he's this legend, he's an independent legend. And, uh, you know, he had a cup of coffee in TNA doing the rave in uh, the Raven Rock. rock. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed that gimmick. Uh, yep. yeah that's incredible he touched your life so much i love that
1: yeah yeah no like you know he is my uh oh you know if they ever make the documentary he will be a big part of that documentary
0: hell yeah that's awesome hey uh so looking forward to 2023 i know we don't really know what's ahead for ourselves because you know kind of everything changes all the time But well, let's manifest a couple things uh who are some people that you would love to step into the ring with in the next year
1: in the next year I want I want Davey Richards. I want Wheeler Yuda. I want Dan Garcia. I want Lee Moriarty. I want man, who else do I want? I would love to get Malachi Black. Oh yeah. I would okay. love I would love to get um Alex Shelley. It would be a big one. Um yeah, those are probably Oh, speedball Mike Bailey. Okay. Okay. That's, that's one of my top ones for sure. But, uh, yeah, that kind of crop of guys, those are definitely kind of guys I'm looking to wrestle right now. You know, people who not old, you know, obviously that's a mix of like young dudes and like guys who, you know, kind of revolutionized and, you know, have like our staples of professional wrestling, very knowledgeable. But, like, above all else, those are our wrestlers to me. Those are the real pros yeah.
0: to me. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. I say, a lot of the guys you mentioned are guys that are just about to break that glass ceiling, too, in the next year or two.
1: Yes, exactly. exactly. Especially, like, you know, like, Wheeler Yuta. He's, like, you mm-hmm. know, like, I have, a, I have a personal relationship with Wheeler Yuta. You know, oh, like, cool. yeah, you know, he's a he's a friend of mine, but... um. But no, like those kind of dudes, you know, because, you know, I, I love all the styles of professional wrestling, but the style that I love the most, you know, is that kind of hybrid style, is that technically sound, very physical, you know, really the sport of professional wrestling is highly emphasized. And above all else, I see myself as an athlete this is a professional sport. I don't care what anyone says, you know, seeing how other athletes train and while it may not be every pro wrestler who trains like this, but I know the people who are elite and the people who are making a whole lot of money in this business and who are the headliners and the top dogs, they are professional athletes. They are taking care of their body. They are training hard. They take it very seriously. And so that kind of group of guys that I mentioned right now, some of them are, On the precipice, already have cemented their legend status or are among that, like, kind of upper echelon of guys right now. But those are the guys that I see as like, Hey, like, these are the top athletes in our industry. These are the top, you know, technical minds in our industry. I want to prove myself against those people.
0: Hell yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I uh I definitely wish you the best uh you know going forward in 2023. And I wish you the best against Kenta. You know, that's that's an incredible, uh incredible just uh, something free to achieve. That's awesome.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on today.
0: Hell yeah, man. Thank you for joining me. Uh you want to go ahead and plug your social media?
1: Yes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Griffin McCoy. All one word. It's the same handle for both for both Instagram and Twitter um i'm on facebook but not really though but you can definitely find me on instagram and twitter i post every day you know hit me up like my stuff repost it really just repost my stuff that's what i really need all the eyes that i can get
0: hell yeah december 18th kenta goes one-on-one with the czw top guy here from mccoy be there